0: Forgot some of my stuff. Here it is. Just in case you can't hear me. across this uh, some time ago, <clears throat> it's called "Almost Kicked out of Church on Christmas Eve." We were new to town, and we heard that a certain church in town had fantastic a fantastic Christmas Eve service. So we went with some friends, about 10 of us in all, to this church in downtown Princeton, New Jersey. The church was packed. And we were looking forward to a wonderful night. Our first clue that something was a little off was when the usher gave us the night's bulletin. And he warned us that there would be absolutely no talking before, during, or after the service. Huh, we thought. Hmm. We were chided several times by an usher to quit whispering, and this was before the service even started. Just before the service started, an associate pastor came out and requested that those in the congregation please refrain from singing, for the paid professional choir found it difficult to perform with unprofessional singing. I'm not making this up. Well, the service started with the hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful. Who can resist singing, O Come All Ye Faithful? The now familiar usher appeared and hushed our unprofessional row right up. He was quite menacing. The second hymn was, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I have to admit, the choir was quite good. But unlike the rest of the congregation, our row couldn't resist singing. And we jumped in on the second verse. Immediately, our usher was upon us, this time giving us our final warning one more time and you're out of here he quietly scolded us it was miserable this usher would stroll by our pew every few minutes and give us a piercing glare christmas hymn after christmas hymn and we couldn't sing a word we were like prisoners in our pew did we really sing that poorly finally the service was ending Our candles were lit, and the hymn, Silent Night, was just beginning. Well, I ask you, who can resist singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve? It's irresistible. Soon a heavy hand fell upon my shoulder. You have to leave, son. You're singing again. It was our ever-vigilant usher. I didn't move. Again I heard, you have to leave, son. You're singing again. At this point, we were on the last verse of Silent Night, and in un, uh, in unified Christmas Eve defiance, our whole row started to sing. We sang the hymn with ever increasing gusto. Would the usher make a scene? Would we be physically dragged out of the church for our clearly unprofessional singing? Would we be banned from Christmas Eve services forever? Perhaps it dawned on the usher that this was Christmas Eve. Perhaps the usher's bark was worse than his bite. Or perhaps the joy of Christmas came upon the usher that at that very moment, I'll never know, but our usher relented and returned to his post. We finished the hymn, extinguished our candles, and headed for the door. There we were met by the very same usher, Who smiled, although he was the one who had pestered us all evening. He shook our hands and exclaimed, Merry Christmas. Please join us for Sunday services next week. We went to the church across the street the following Sunday. Can you imagine a church that won't let you sing? Especially at a Christmas time to to sing about the birth of the Savior of the world. A church now that would not let you sing to Jesus or about him? Think about that for a moment. And I want to challenge you to not let the devil steal your song. Don't let him steal your singing. And he'll definitely try to through circumstances or through somebody saying something to you. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9, it says, Then Nehemiah the governor... Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they had listened to the words of the law. They had been under tremendous conviction and they were weeping. In verse 10 it says, Then Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate. With a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. This was a holiday occasion. And he says, go celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know something? That is so absolutely true. And if we allow the devil to steal our joy, he'll steal our strength. We'll find ourselves weak and exhausted, hardly able to move forward. And the devil will do his best. Through people saying something to you or just by mere circumstances alone, he'll try to steal your joy. He'll try to steal your song so he can steal your strength. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46... It says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And you know, that's why I really brought this out. Because what does this actually do? It magnifies your voice. And the scripture says that Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Does your soul magnify the Lord? You know, uh, or. Oh, I... I had shown one of these not too terribly long ago. And what does this do? It magnifies and makes things look so much better. You can see them so much clearer. And and, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, my soul makes it easier to see god it makes it easier to hear what he's saying to us she says my soul doth magnify the lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in who god my savior who said this mary did mary said that jesus she says because of the message that she had received said my soul doth magnify the Lord my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior Mary needed a Savior like everyone else because every human being ever born on this planet was born with this horrible disease called sin this past from generation to generation and Mary said my soul doth magnify the Lord and my spirit hath rejoiced in God My Savior. For verse 49 says, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Now, Mary had received a message from the angel of God that says, You're gonna give birth to a baby. It's gonna be the Son of God. He's gonna be the Savior of the world. This angel simply told Mary, who was a virgin you're gonna become pregnant and then she had to face her mama and daddy and say honestly mom i'm innocent honestly dad she had to face her fiance and say i am innocent i've done nothing wrong she had to face her whole community and they were a close-knit you know neighborhood and community she had to face the anger the disappointment the possible stoning for what they assumed she had done, and during this season of her life, with all the misunderstandings from parents, from fiance, and from her whole community, Mary said, "My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for He that is mighty hath done great things, and holy is His name." With all that had been stacked against Mary, it seemed. That she would be down, but Mary sang, "Don't let the devil steal your song because of circumstances and situations, the way things are or by something that someone said to you, don't let the devil steal your song. And here in Luke chapter one verse forty six maybe we could sing that together, the song that Mary sang, and it goes, "My soul doth magnify the Lord." And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior, for He that is mighty hath done great things, and
1: <laughs> let's leave the singing to the professionals, please.
0: Mint? Thank you. Psalms 28 verse 7 it says the Lord is my strength and shield I trust him with all my heart he helps me and my heart is filled with joy has your heart ever been filled with joy I mean filled filled to the point to where the scripture says I burst out in songs." of thanksgiving It says, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. See, when your heart is filled with joy, just like that soft drink there, it bursts out in song. You can't hold it back. You know, especially this time of the year joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her key You know, Jesus, he genuinely deserves first place in your life. Jesus deserves to be the focal point. Jesus deserves this, does he not? He deserves to be the very center point of your attention, not only at Christmas, but all through the year. Listen to what the Bible says here in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, He already existed. He was with the Father. He was referred to throughout the Old Testament as the Word. And it says here, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, referring to the Word, who became known as Jesus, God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. Verse 4 says, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Now, on Friday night when we began our Christmas services, when we were driving into church, uh, Susan and I, we we noticed that there were so uh, many Christmas lights it's about 10 minute drive to get here and there were more Christmas lights than we had remembered in the last several years on that little drive here it's like wow I wonder why but I was thinking about you know how appropriate it is to have Christmas lights even if people don't know why they put them up at a time of the year that we celebrate the coming of Christ at a time when the nights are are, are, are longer the darkness is longer and at a time when darkness really seems to prevail across our world, that all these lights are going on in our communities, and they're being burned, and people are seeing these lights because of the light of the world came and pierced the darkness for us and gave us hope. And the scripture here says in verse 4, The Word gave life to everyone that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Verse 5 The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 9 goes on to say, The one who is the true light, referring to Jesus, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 14. So the Word became human. King James Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Here in the New Living Translation it says, So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love, limitless love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. It's talking about Jesus. Talking about the Word became flesh. Came here for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Well, in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, listen to what it says. It says, let the Word of Christ, and if you want to become one with Christ, if you really want to get to know Jesus... If you really want to become one with him, you open this book and you'll allow it to begin to meddle with you. You'll take it in. And it'll bring about a transformation in your life. And he says here, let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. You know, uh, this past summer, we did quite a bit of traveling back and forth down south. First uh, was when uh, Benjamin was uh, graduating, you know, from uh, Paris Island. You know uh, it was a uh, Friday night or you could call it Saturday morning around three o'clock we had our best Christmas gift when Benjamin came home for the Christmas season and uh, really are thrilled about that but we went down there when he graduated uh, Susan and uh, James and Miracle and uh, sometimes Judah and Carolyn and Bella Macy and Reuben and sometimes some other friends would come and join us down there so it was kind of cost-prohibitive for us to rent a bunch of motel rooms when we would go and stay for a few days you know uh, to be with him as he was being promoted graduating things like that so we went online and we found people who would rent their homes out you know for a few days and it was so much more economical to rent a home you know and you had all these bedrooms and you had a kitchen you could do your own cooking a living room you had a yard you could go out and play in things like that but in all of those homes that we would rent through this summer, when we would go down to visit him, there were always a couple of rooms that were locked, you know. And it was the personal possessions of the people who owned the home. It, it makes absolute sense. We understand it. But I always was wondering, what's in that room, you know. Well, they would be locked, and they would be off-limits to us. So we understand how things are locked, and they're off-limits to you. And the scripture here says, Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. You know, take the locks off. Open up everything. Let the word of Christ have the run of the house. and Let it move in all the areas of your your life. It says give it plenty of room in your lives. God's word. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And you will never find any better source of common sense than God's word that builds our faith, that gives us hope. It brings about transformation. So it says, Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house, give it plenty of room in your lives, instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Don't let the devil steal your song. Don't let him steal your singing. Don't let the devil steal your joy. And then the very next verse, verse 17 says, let every detail in your lives, your words or your actions and whatever be done in the name of the master, Jesus. Thanking God, the Father, every step of the way. And then in Psalm 69, the psalmist says, then I will praise God's name with singing. I will honor him. And and honor means I'm going to magnify him I'm going to honor him my soul doth magnify and honor him and the psalmist says I will praise God's name with singing and I will honor him with thanksgiving reminds me as I read that verse an old song we used to do he goes I will praise the Lord I will praise the Lord no matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store turn your eyes upon jesus Look full in his wonderful face. And the... (coughs) Oh, come let us adore him. Oh. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let me tell you, folks, the devil will do his best to steal your song. Because he's trying to steal your joy. He's trying to steal the strength, the power of your life. It would have been worth coming out today to hear this little story I'm going to read to you now. Like any good mother, when Karen found out that another baby was on the way, she did what she could to help her three-year-old son, Michael, prepare for a new sibling. They found out that the new baby was going to be a girl. And day after day, night after night, Michael sang to his sister in mommy's tummy. He was building a bond of love with his little sister before he even met her. In time, the labor pains came. Soon it was every five minutes, every three minutes, every minute. But serious complications arose during the delivery and Karen found herself in hours of labor. Finally, after a long struggle, Michael's little sister was born, but she was in very serious condition. With a siren howling in the night, the ambulance rushed the infant to the neonatal intensive care unit in Knoxville, Tennessee. The days inched by. The little girl got worse. The pediatrician had to tell the parents, there is very little hope. Be prepared for the worst. Karen and her husband contacted a local cemetery, about bar- a burial plot. They had fixed up a special room in their house for the new baby, but now they found themselves having to plan for a funeral. Michael, however, kept begging his parents to let him see his sister. I want to sing to her, he kept saying. Week two in intensive care looked as if a funeral would come before the week was over. Michael kept nagging about singing to his sister, but kids are never allowed in the intensive care. Karen made up her mind, though. She would take Michael, whether they liked it or not. If he didn't see his sister right then, he may never see her alive. She dressed him up in an oversized scrub suit and marched him into the ICU. He looked like a walking laundry basket. But the head nurse recognized him as a child, and she bellowed, Get that kid out of here now. No children are allowed. The mother rose up strong in Karen, and the usually mild-mannered lady glared steel-eyed right into the head nurse's face, her lips a firm line. He is not leaving until he sings to his sister. Karen towed Michael to his sister's bedside, He gazed at the tiny infant losing the battle to live. After a moment, he began to sing. In the pure-hearted voice of a three-year-old, Michael sang, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. Instantly, the baby girl seemed to respond the pulse rate began to calm down and become steady. Keep singing, Michael, encouraged Karen, with tears rolling down out of her eyes. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. As Michael sang to his sister, the baby's ragged, strained breathing became as smooth as a kitten's purr. Tears had now conquered the face of the bossy head nurse. Karen was glowing. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Please don't take my sunshine away. The next day, the very next day, the little girl was well enough to go home. This was found in Women's Day magazine. They called it the miracle of her brother's song. The medical staff just called it a miracle. Karen called it a miracle of God's love. I'm telling you, there is power in a song. Power in a song. This past August, this young girl, whose name was Mary Lee, she turned 24 years old, and she says her greatest gift is that of singing. There is power in a song. Don't let... devil through circumstances in your life steal your song don't let him steal your singing don't let him steal your joy for therefore he will steal your strength if you give in to that now i'd like us to close this morning with a little theological truth that i believe will have profound impact upon you for uh years to come very powerful but I found this truth as we had chosen in our family to watch a movie this past week, a very highly intelligent movie called The Grinch That Stole Christmas. You know, <laughs> So I got about a two-minute little clip here. But, you know, I'm telling you, here's this guy, this Grinch, who had lost all respect for Christmas because some things that had happened in his life when he was young. And all the all the shopping and all the the decorations and all the festivities and all it seemed so shallow and it seemed so hollow so as he became bitter and bitter and bitter as he grew up and he lived on this mountain of a garbage dump he determined to sneak down into town and to steal on christmas eve all of the decorations and all of the foods and the special festivity stuff and he stole all the christmas presents all the gifts of every kind and he took them back up on the mountain and he thought he had accomplished his goal. Well, let's just let the movie speak for itself. Now for the final note in my symphony of downright nasty, not
1: niceness, the crescendo of my odious opus. Oh, the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. The barrowing of the bitterly bombed out. It'll be like music to my ears. Then the Grinch heard a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. Huh? Huh? But the sound wasn't sad... Why, this sounded merry. But it was merry. Very. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. (laughs) He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. the Grinch. and the Grinch with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow stood puzzling and puzzling how could it be so it came without ribbons it came without tags it came without packages boxes or bags and he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe... Christmas. He thought. Doesn't... come from a store. Maybe Christmas. Perhaps. Change a little bit more. then, well, in Whoville they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day.
0: Christmas doesn't come from a store. Christmas is a little bit more. I've heard people tell me because of their situation and low finances at this time of the year, they go, well, we'll have no Christmas this year. See, Christmas does not come from a store, from packages and ribbons and so forth and so on. Oh, it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to celebrate his birth with lights and trimmings and all those things, but that's not what makes Christmas it's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have ever life and no matter what the circumstances may be in your own personal life I challenge you don't let the devil steal your song don't let him steal your singing don't let him steal your joy don't let him steal your strength. Understand that Christmas is a gift that God has given to us. And no matter who forbids it, no matter who tries to steal it, no matter what nation of the world would declare it doesn't exist, Christmas will come every year as a reminder to us that God loves us and He has made provisions to pierce the darkness to transform our lives and to give us hope to give us joy to give us peace and I think it'd be very appropriate today as on every celebration of someone's birth that you normally would give the person who celebrates their birthday a gift so I want to challenge you to give Christ your heart give him your life today And if we could just bow our heads together, and those of you who know Christ, would you reaffirm your faith in a declaration in this Christmas season? And those who've never welcomed Christ into your life, you've never really yielded or surrendered your life to him, would you join us and do just that this day? Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And I believe you've got some great plans for my life to give me hope and a future. That's why you sent Jesus. And I believe that Jesus paid for my sins when he gave his life on the cross. I believe he shed his blood to wash my sins away. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I throw open those doors and I welcome Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my soon-coming King. I surrender all unlock all the doors i surrender my past my present and my future to him thank you almighty god for your great gift and i give back to you my heart and my all in jesus name You know, before we leave, let me see here. Uh, Can I borrow borrow that mic? Thank you, sir. You have a little connections uh, card there on your seat, and it has a little uh, weekly challenge that I like to give our congregation every week. And this just simply says, I will sing at every opportunity this week, whether people like it or not, especially if you find an usher trying to hush you, you know, Don't listen to him. says, I will sing at every opportunity this week and actually create opportunities. You know something? You can go to a grocery store. Now, you probably couldn't get away with it in in July. You start singing, they think you're crazy. But if you go into the grocery store picking up some odds and ends that you forgot and you were singing, you know, joy to the world, you'd probably incite the whole place to start singing along with you. So I challenge you to sing. And don't let nobody, and don't let disappointing circumstances steal your song and your singing. Don't let the devil steal your joy and steal your strength. It's a gift from Almighty God. So if you agree with that, I will sing at every opportunity this week and actually create opportunities. Check it off, drop it in the tithe box if you would. And then, on your way out, Susan and I had these cups made up for you. Now... I have a cup very similar at home, but it says it's a cup for rednecks, okay? I'm a redneck. And if, you know, it has on there, you might be a redneck if, you know, I didn't give you that. But over the last two months, I've been teaching on a theme called limitlessness. The limitlessness of God's love and His unlimited uh, mercy and his unlimited forgiveness and his unlimited answering of your prayers and healing your bodies and meeting your needs, and he is limitless. And then on the other side, it has Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, that simply says, "Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power, at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. He is limitless and he loves you, and he cares about all the details of your life. He says so, and he's going to help you every step of the way. So I want you to take that, and I'd like you to uh, put it somewhere that you'll see it every day. It's a great cup, and uh, you know you can drink your coffee, your hot chocolate, eat your ice cream, your soup, whatever you want to put in your cup, you know, and be reminded of that verse, and be reminded that God is limitless. That's why he sent his son. His love is unfailing toward you. his provisions are absolutely amazing and beyond what you could ask or think so if ushers are at the door for all you men women and children you all get a cup to take it home with you and then uh, if you would those of you who prayed maybe for the very first time today and you gave your life to christ if you would stop at our connections desk on the way out we've got another little gift for you there's a gift bag it's got a bible in it and a movie You know, And you'll be inspired by that movie and all the other little things that we have in there that would build your faith. And then uh, for all of our guests, let them know this is your first time. There's another little gift they have for you. Just one of our ways of saying thank you for coming and we hope you come back. And on your way out, if you need some prayer or a family member needs some prayer, something's going on, there'll be some folks around the altar who would love to pray with you. And I'm telling you, as a matter of fact, God still answers prayer. Don't you buy the lie that he don't answer prayer no more because he surely, absolutely, positively does answer prayer. So if you need it, come up, you know, and and, uh, have some folks to pray with you. And then let us know as God answers your prayers. We'd like to rejoice with you as well. And we hear about those things all the time. And then finally, on your way out, if you would, make it a point to introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck. Get reacquainted with somebody you haven't seen in a long time. And with that, I want to say God bless you and Merry Christmas. And let's give our drama team another grand applause for all that they did.